How would you like to know the mindset and the content strategy that goes into building an epic personal brand? Well, my guest today, Andy Neary, is going to help you achieve that today. Have you ever heard a story that just made you feel, wow, I'm ready, I'm fired up? A story that captures everyone's attention and gets you to spread it to all your friends? Or how about a story that creates real impact and connection with the audience? Why do stories do this? And how can we create stories like this in business? I've been obsessed with figuring these questions out. I've been starting and failing multiple online businesses now for two years, struggling to find an audience I truly wanted to serve. It wasn't until I discovered my dream customers were struggling with these exact questions, except I didn't know where to find these people. I hopped on a plane to the US to attend a marketing conference that I met my dream customers, and I saw firsthand how powerful stories really are. After that, I went all in on my hunch. If you're looking for the real secrets behind how stories can get your audience fired up to take action and to change their lives through your words, this podcast is for you. My name is Jules Dan, and this is Storytelling Secrets. G'day, welcome back to Storytelling Secrets. I'm Jules Dan, and I'm joined today by Andy Neary. Now, Andy is a, a business coach. Primarily, um, he lurks around on LinkedIn. He's also a best-selling author, and he's also a speaker. Um, but I really liked Andy because... He loves to tell stories a lot in his content and he uses his um, professional baseball experience to really tie in a lot of metaphors and lessons into his content and it just makes it really, really attractive. So I brought him onto the show today so he could tell you a little bit about you know how he built his personal brand. He also built his own six-figure coaching business in about seven months, so I was pretty interested about that and it all really comes down to definitely 80% mindset and 20% skills but also the content strategy that goes behind it. So I hope you're going to join my conversation today with Andy. We go over all sorts of stuff. So we go over, like I said, um, the morning routines and trainings that he does so he gets very, very clear and exactly he knows exactly what he needs to do. We also talk about the content strategy, the four types of content he he uses and um, how to get really laser targeted on who you want to focus, especially if you're starting out. Um, so you can just be, you can have a really clear vision while you're building a personal brand. You're not just scattershotting. Otherwise, hope you can enjoy my conversation today with Andy. Straight into it. I love to hear that okay. that backstory. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my story is is interesting, Julian, because I I tell people I'm the definition of average. So grew up in a normal family. I didn't have a, a, a rough childhood. My parents, we were probably middle class, you mm-hmm. know, and everything was great. I didn't have any hardships in my childhood. It, I'm also the definition of average because if you go look up a, the height of the average male right now, it's five foot nine. And so that's me. Yep. And when it came to sports, I mean, I was good at baseball in high school, um, played basketball, played some football, but I wasn't like over the top, like, wow. And so leaving high school, going into college, I don't, do they call it university in Australia? Okay. So university, our college, um, I had the chance to play college baseball for a local, uh, a local university in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So 30 miles from where I grew up. And had an interesting ride there. My first two years, I was terrible, mm-hmm. uh, hanging around the wrong people, doing the wrong things, not working on my craft like I should. 
But then I turned it around and I think one of the big shifts for me was going into my junior season. So third, third, third of fourth years, I was named team captain. And what was interesting was that gave me all the confidence back because up until then, my first two years in college were a mix of, again, hanging around the wrong people. Mm-hmm. I came out of high school, five foot nine, 145 pounds. And I, I, I'm gonna, not even going to try to convert that into to kilograms. That's, that's, a little, <laughs> that's a little frame for my Aussie listeners. <laughs> um, and so I, I spent the first two years at, in college and baseball putting weight on, muscle, mm-hmm. lifting. Well, when you're a pitcher, I was a pitcher – putting muscle on is not a good idea because if you have a muscle bound bicep, that's not good for pitching. And so again, just focused on all the wrong things, but I turned it around after being named captain. It gave me the, the confidence back mm-hmm. up in the mindset, which, and I knew I had the talent. So I had a really good final two years at university, Yep, which parlayed into an opportunity to pitch in the Milwaukee Brewers organization. So, so one of the teams in major league baseball and, and anybody who's really listening in, if you're diehard, I'm going to throw the name Dave Nilsson out there going back yeah. to the nineties. Dave was a brewer. He's an Australian. Um, he's before my time, but yeah, I got to pro baseball and what happened was when I got there, all the feelings of being average came back. So my mindset was just fit in. Don't try to stand out. Don't let scouts see you. Um, I was comparing myself to my competition all the time, which is easy in baseball because you're literally being compared by stats. Yep. And what happened was I ended up having a very short tenure in pro baseball because of my mind, my limiting beliefs, Julian. So what do you think was going on at that point where you're like trying to not attract all that good stuff that you should be doing? Oh man, I'll share a quick story, which will encapsulate this, my, my entire minor league baseball career. Mm-hmm. We were, I was pitching at a, I was a road trip to one of the teams in our, our league and the, the, the stadium we were playing in was known to be rowdy. There's a, a major university there. So the college kids love to come It's mm-hmm. summer. They're drinking a little too much. They love to get all over the opposing team. So that night I happened to come in the game and I was warming up on the mound. And what happened was the, as I'm warming up, the entire stadium starts chanting, how can you pitch when you're five foot six? Wow. That's demoralizing. Now, I'm five foot nine. So yeah. let's remember that. But I'm no, five my point, foot nine. Get it right. <laughs> but the point is, instead of using that to get jacked up, yeah. I listen to the crowd. I'm like, oh, yeah, who am I? What right do I have to be on this mound facing some of the best guys in baseball? I'm just average. And I think that's really where my mindset went most of my minor league career. And Mm -hmm. it ended up with me getting released uh, just a couple years later. And the rest is history with pro sports. And that what's funny is normally you'd say, okay, you use that to leverage this into massive business success. It took me, I mean, my first 10 years of my business career, Julian, I was just as much of a failure because of my mindset. Still focusing on the same limiting beliefs. But, but the stimulus was different. Instead of, say, like someone who was some drunk college kid yelling at you, some sort of thing, it was fill in the blank. What was that sort of thing that was, you know, dragging you down a little bit? Yeah. In your um, career? Not wanting to stand out. Just doing enough to get by. Fear of failure. Mm-hmm. Huge fear of failure, which was a problem for me on the mound in the minor leagues. 
um, constantly comparing because when you're in sales, guess what? There's stats. And so all the stuff that was impacting me in, on the baseball field was now impacting me in sales. And going into meetings, instead of thinking, man, what could happen if I were to write this or imagining what the perfect meeting would look like, yeah. I would focus on, man, I better get this. I need to get this because if I don't, here's what will happen. And, and when you think that way, you're never going to win. Yeah, totally. Um, and so when was that shift where, you know, after you it, was it after 10 years, was there a shift or mm. were there little seeds along the way? Maybe you had a little win, but then two steps back and then you took that grain of, of wisdom and you took a little bit more and then two steps back. Yes, I would. It, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you that's off. That's all good. Um, I think there were two main steps in that journey mm-hmm. that were the biggest stepping stones. I've spent most of my career in the health insurance industry and here in the United States, a boring industry. But in 2008, when we had a big recession here, I wanted to quit. I just hated the industry. I wasn't having fun. The, 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 the company I was with, I wasn't enjoying. And what happened was a dream job came up, but it required me to actually take a step back. So I was selling for this company. Mm-hmm. Sky's the limit, right? But I had an opportunity to go to work for a, a, another insurance consulting firm that I had always admired, but it would require me to take a step back. I wasn't going to be selling. I was going to be internal. Mm-hmm. And I took it. So that was step one because it, the, what I learned by, by going there was massive. It, it got me that passion back. The second big step was when Amy and I decided to make a big move from Wisconsin to Colorado. Because by making that move in 2014, I was going back to sales mm-hmm. for a health insurance consulting firm, but I was getting hired by a company that had never hired a salesperson before me. They had no clue what marketing was, and I'm now in a market no one knows who I am. And that required me to do a couple things, Julian, go to work on my mindset. So I dove into personal development. Second thing it required me to do is build a personal brand. I'm now in a market. Nobody knows who I am. I have to have a damn good message and I have to share it far and wide. Mm. And so that's really, that was the huge stepping stone was going to work on the, the mindset, the professional development. It took me 15 years to get there and then starting to build that personal brand in 2014. Yeah. Okay, cool. I want to unpack this a little bit, the mindset and because I think everyone's had that time where they've read their first personal development book and they feel like they want to get on stage and teach it. Um, and then, but actually living it or we're all experts, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But actually living it, um, without mm-hmm. even thinking it is a totally different story. So, um, c- could you walk me through sort of like maybe that situation where you, tr- you try to learn it, but then it just wasn't happening. And then you probably doubted yourself and then, yeah, it's just a cycle. Yeah, it's a, uh, I love talking about this. So the first mentor besides the gentleman who had hired me back in 2011 that required me to take the step back, mm-hmm. he's definitely a mentor in my career. But the first real, the other mentor I had at that point was I started following a guy named Darren Hardy. He's here in the United States, big, big thought leader, had massive success in the real estate industry. And he was now a success coach. So I just started following him, his work, signed up for some of his online workshops and that's really where I started diving in to personal development. 
And I realized like, man, most of this is all about mindset. I just did a video post earlier today about success is 80% mindset, 20% skill. Mm. Up until that point, I thought it was all skill. Yeah. It's crazy, right? And so, but here's what else I learned. And I think this is so important. I look back today now that I'm coaching six years later, a guy like Darren Hardy, all he was, yes, he had massive success in real estate. But why he's such an amazing coach is he has taken everything he has learned from everybody else and he is now sharing it in a way people can benefit from. Yep. Tony Robbins is no different. These guys all learned from somebody, but now they're able to take what they've learned over the years and share it with others in a way that impacts people and impacts a lot. And that's when I realized that's what coaching is about. You don't have to be the expert. Exactly. It's, uh, it's like you said, compartmentalizing everything that you've learned um, and then translating it in your own story so that yes. it's actually relatable and it doesn't sound regurgitated. Um, and that's sort of the key yep. to making stuff believable. Um, Correct. But yeah, but I, I really want to sort of like touch on what were those mindset principles that finally clicked for you? So that you said it's 80% of what's of your success right now. So what is part of that 80, 80%? Yeah. And I, hey, hey, we're all still a work in progress, right? So I don't think you ever perfect it. Um, I would tell you the big ones for me is number one, control, um, control what you can control. Definitely. So like in sales, for example, I used to be the one that wanted to control the outcome. So my goal is to win this new piece of business, but you can't actually always control that, right? You still may do the best you can, but you don't win for whatever reason. But if you say my goal is to be as prepared as I can be for this and bring my best to this meeting, yeah. that you can control. So that was number one. I was always trying to control the future and the future outcomes. Quick way to unhappiness. Number two, how are you starting your day? Too many people wake up. Too many, uh, yeah, you should answer. <laughs> you asking me? <laughs> yeah, too many it. people wake up. And this is, to, to, we, you and I had chatted about uh, productivity offline, right? Too many people start their day by waking up. They grab a cup of coffee. They turn on the news, negative, 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 negative. They open their inbox, fire, 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 fire. And now they're not even an hour into their day and they're already stressed and anxiety. Anxiety and stress has wreaked havoc on their day. Take control of your mornings and you will master your day. Mm-hmm. So for example, my habit in the morning, my ritual is Amy and I wake up, we make the coffee. I jump in an ice cold shower. Dude, I do Why? the same. It's amazing. Boom. Now here's the key. This is the part I had to learn with the shower. I yeah. thought it was just to wake your body up, which it does. Right. But I learned from a colleague why he does it. And it was like, yeah, he said, if you can get in an ice cold shower and get up to three minutes where you jump in, cause what do most people do when they jump in an ice cold shower? <gasps> They freak out, right? But if you can get in and just breathe and let that ice cold water hit you, now you've controlled the mindset. And he said, here's where it helped him the most. When COVID hit, the lockdowns hit, what did most people do? (gasps) He's like, I'm all good. So that's really where the ice cold shower comes in. It's almost like a mental battle of getting in and just being relaxed. That's step one. Mm. I then read. Something usually around personal development. Then I meditate or 
visualize the perfect day. Then I journal what I hope the perfect day is, what it looks like for me. Yep. And then I get some exercise in. If you take control of your day like that, that's how you start your day, dude, your, your whole rest of your day is going to go the way you want it because the mindset is in the right place. That's really excellent. Uh, oh man, I, I want to give this a shot because I like hearing different ones, <laughs> different people's uh, morning routine. Um, mine personally is get up, cold shower, um, sharpen my, my copy skills um, for a little bit and visualize a little bit, but not as much as that. Um, and it makes a lot of sense because if, and funny enough, actually, Andy, because this happened yesterday, I, I told myself, um, for the next 10 days, I want to be visualizing my, my day. And cool. I, I lay in bed and I saw it happen. And then when there was a moment where I was picturing in my head that um, I was going to be submitting an outline, an email outline to Mary because I, I just onboarded Mary. Yep. And um, I, I, already, I saw like a text or a message saying like, this is great work. And I was jumping up for joy being like, great nail this don't have to go redo the work and it was like deja vu andy it was so freaky and it was probably like the second or third day that i was doing this so um i'm a believer now so well and i tell people too that's awesome number one you visualized it and it happened you you actually it can get creepy to how often that happens um but i also tell people when you visualize or you write in a journal ask yourself this question what would today feel look like if it were free and easy? Mm. If I didn't have the stress or the anxiety, how would today go? You visualizing Mary literally sending you the email saying, this is awesome. You're like, yes. What happens is when you do that, you're sending out that vibe to the universe, God, whatever you want to call it. Right. And he, they're always listening (laughs) and they're going to, put in your way the vibe you they're going to give back the energy you give out and so if that's what you're telling the universe it's going to make sure you you achieve that well that's awesome now yeah that's awesome that is awesome (laughs) cool dude but yeah that's 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 to me the key julian i think of anything else i do what what, i do want to make one comment about this sure it's repetition and it's being consistent it's easy to start with a cold shower, visualizing, journaling for a week, and then you get back into your bad habits. But if you can make consistency your superpower, and you do that every day, day in and day out, even though it seems maybe tedious and monotonous, that's where the massive success comes in. Okay. Yep. Perfect. So that's your morning. Um, and then throughout the day, because I'm guessing you're, you're basically, you're in that room most of the day looking at a computer screen or going on zoom calls or whatnot. Um, I love to, I'd love to hear about your energy management and how you stay productive throughout the day. And I, you just busted me today because I failed to do it today. Um, I would say a couple things, especially with lockdown, especially more people working from home right now, because if you're finding yourself doing a lot of calls on zoom, you people fail to realize how much of an energy suck that is. It is so much. Because what's happening is that you and I are meeting right now on Zoom, right? I'm giving off an energy and my laptop's giving me an energy back, especially with another human being on the other end. And that constant tug, pull and pull and push is energy draining. So if you're doing call after call after call that way, you are going to be exhausted. Mm. 
So what I started doing, when, especially when we had to be at home, about three o'clock my time, I would jump in an ice cold shower again. Yeah. Maybe a little shorter this time, but it just gets that body back again for the last push of the day. Um, so those are just few, you got to give yourself space. If you're working from home now, especially if it's your first time, give yourself grace and, and patience and give yourself the space to re-energize. Don't do call after call after call after call. That does nobody any good. Exactly. Yeah. I actually tried your tip because I normally only did um, a cold shower in the morning and then I started having one around probably like two thirty, three o'clock. Yep. Um, and it works really well. So yep. uh, I'm a big believer of that. And do you also like to nap or, or <laughs> meditate during the day? I am not a napper. I wish I were. Um, you know, the meditations, that's a great question. I probably should actually get better at that. Um, but during those times of, of breaks, you know, when you give yourself that space, mm-hmm. yeah, just going back out and sitting outside or whatever and, and closing the eyes and visualizing the rest of the day. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, now we've covered sort of like the mindset sort of side. Um, definitely keen to hear about sort of the business side, um, especially when it comes to like, I know in your LinkedIn content, you talk about sharing your story and talking directly to your target audience. So um, tell me about sort of like, maybe not the hard, fast tips just yet, but how you sort of came to realize that this was really important and then started to get a bit more success. And now you just live by it. Yeah, man. Um, I would say my, my journey got a lot of clarity when I realized for the coaching, what is it I do? You know, I struggled with that for a while. What am I coaching? But when I realized all I'm doing is teaching you to do what I did in 2014, when we moved back, when we moved out to Colorado, that's when it got really clear. I'm just going to teach you what I did to grow a personal brand, create a laser clear message mm-hmm. and start sharing it far and wide where you don't need a massive marketing team. You don't need hundreds of thousands of marketing dollars. Cause I always say, Julian, a bad message with unbelievable marketing equals a bad message. And so I'm just going to show you what I did over six years that you can do in a heck of a lot shorter time. That's for me where that clarity came in. And that's where the, again, I've, my the business side of what I do is just help people share their story because humans connect with humans more now than ever. People do not buy logos on business cards. They buy humans. You and I are not Nike. We don't have the Nike logo. We don't have the Amazon logo, but people can connect with us. And so if you can create a brand that people resonate with, you'll grow. Yeah. So the million dollar question is then how do you, find the right people so you can deliver the right message. I try to keep it super simple. And I know some other people will have a a better, you know, more maybe elaborate formula for developing your personal brand and stuff like that. But for me, the personal brand starts with literally, if you weren't in the room, how do you want people talking about you? What are some words and phrases you want people saying about you if you weren't around? I think foundational. So who have you always been? and aspirational. Maybe you're not that today, but what do you strive to be? What are those words and phrases? And then narrow that down to your core four. What are the four words and phrases that describe you best? Okay, let's start building your brand from there. And I've learned that from my own coach, what the core four is. And then when it comes to your audience, I ask people, who's your favorite client? If I asked you who your favorite client is, most people could say, most people could come up with that person, that individual. 
Now I'm not talking your favorite company you work with, literally the favorite person in that company that you work with. Okay, let's describe him or her. What are they, how much do they make? How old are they? Male, female, personality. Okay, now let's start going to work on what is his or her goal or goals? What's their challenge? Yep. How's that impacting them? Why do they need you to give them a plan to have success and avoid failure? It's storytelling, right? Mm-hmm. But if you go to work on literally your favorite client and their journey, I firmly believe then you share that over and over and over consistently, you will start resonating with that person. Yeah, totally. It's, um, it goes back to like that 80-20 principle. So um, who's that person? Who are the 20% who give you 80% of your happiness and also pay 80% of your bills and there you go. fill in the blank or whatever. Um, yep. And what I found is that, uh, especially if maybe you're starting out in business, you can't <laughs> really know who that perfect person is, whatever it is, if you're freelancing, selling a product, whatnot. So for me, I just started taking whoever um, as email copy clients. And then now slowly it started to evolve and now you can see who these people are. So would you recommend uh, a similar strategy if someone's just starting out and they want to nail who's their uh, persona, their avatar for their personal brand, or is there a different strategy that you would follow? No, I, I think that's absolutely spot on. You know, I, they, they call it the avatar. I always say, just tell me who your favorite client yeah. is, right? <laughs> who your ideal client is. But yeah, I think it starts with, okay, if you don't have one today, who is it you want to work with? And something I learned from uh, another colleague of mine um, who's having a huge success and the guy is only 21 years old, he said, you got to answer these three questions. Start with first, what problem do you solve? I think if you don't know what problem you solve, it's going to be hard to figure out who your ideal client is, right? So what yeah. problem do you solve? What's your process for solving it? And what's their life look like after walking through that process? And then figuring out who your ideal is, I think you had to play the before after game, right? What is their life like before you? What's life like for them after you? And to start taking the time to lay that out. And that's going to be fluid. That's going to evolve over time. But really locking in on that message of here's the problem. Mm -hmm. Here's what you want. Here's the problem. Here's our plan to help you solve it. Here's what you look like before engaging the plan and what you like at what you look like afterwards, the transformation. Yep. I think that's really where people can start lasering in on what their message is going to be. Cause then it's step two. And this is, this is where somebody like you is so impactful. Now you got to put it in effective copy, <laughs> whether it's email, social media. Right. And yeah. so, but it, it, definitely taking the time to figure out the message is so important because I do see a lot of people really get so ho- hooked up on the marketing side of it, but it's like, no, 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 no. You got to start with the message. Yes, totally. And if you're, if you're, would you say if you're stuck with say the message, that's what video is really good for because you can just kind of just throw spaghetti at the wall and be like, just see what happens. Um, see what resonates with people. And that's what LinkedIn is so good for because man, it just, engagement's really good you can reach whoever you want basically and really target that audience um so that's so let, like let's sort of touch on that content sort of part um if you're not really sure how to say um craft that meaningful message would you recommend just starting to create content anyway or would you need to sort of nail that message yeah first? i would say there's a couple steps in there number one figure out what kind of content you like to create 
right? There's really three mediums, written, audio, video. So how do you like that? Maybe you're not a video person. That's okay. Mm. Um, but figure that out first. Then you have your message. So how can I now convey the message in that format? And then it becomes a game of consistency. But I would tell you what I love about video, and I know you're, you're on video a lot, is business comes down to who knows you, likes you, and trusts you, right? Good video with good, a good message actually allows you to not only get people to know who you are, absolutely, right? Yeah. But if they resonate with your content, they can actually start liking you even before they've ever met you. And sure. now getting them to that last phase of trusting you, it becomes that much easier. That's why I stress content so much. I'll give you a perfect example, Julian, mm -hmm. the U.S. health insurance industry that I, I, I've tied to. Most still use cold calling as their number one form of prospecting. Mm, that's effective. Let, let's, let's think about that. You're calling one person who doesn't know who you are, and now you're trying to get them to schedule a 45 or 60-minute meeting with you, and you haven't even got to step one of knowing who you are. Yep. where you could be consistently creating content that thousands of eyeballs can see, giving people the chance to definitely know you and start liking you before you ever reach out to them. That's why content is so important. Yes. Yeah. And it's, I love it too because um, you don't have to pretend to be whatever the person um, and people are just attracted to whoever you are. And Just be you. Yeah. And – that's the, the beauty of it. Um, yeah, it might take a while, but uh, wouldn't it be better if you could just work with clients you really enjoy working with? Seems pretty simple, doesn't it, Julian? <laughs> it does. But, you know, like it goes back to what we said at the start. It's like this consistency and mindset. And sometimes it can just be so difficult some days to be like, what am I creating today? And other days it just flows out of your head. Um, yep. So for me, I don't know how, but like I'll read a book and I'll go for a walk and then all these ideas, I'm madly on my phone writing down all these ideas. I'm like, boom, that's a week's worth of content. Other days I wake up, I'm like, what's, what's on for today? So I want to hear your uh, content strategy. Yeah, um, that's a really good question. I love that you said that. Because number one, I would tell you, give yourself the patience that if you have a day where you don't have anything to say, don't say anything. It's okay. Yeah. I think a lot of people force themselves to post when they have nothing to say. Mm. And then it's just not an effective post. You can, you can see it and definitely feel it. For me, um, I, I'm like you. If, if something in, you know, hits me, I'll, I'll mark it on my phone. Now, because of trying to time block and be productive, I reserve Monday mornings for content creation. So I'll usually take two and a half, three hours Monday morning and just try to knock out all my content for the week. Some days it's hard, but if I can get there, that's, that's the best because now it's all ready to go for the week. I still have to post it, but everything's ready to go. Video and written? Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Now I, I haven't written a lot of blogs lately. I used to actually started on LinkedIn with blogs and I've just gotten really bad at writing. I'd rather do video or audio right now. So, but yeah, I try to do email. So my weekly email, I yep. get that ready. I have a text community. So getting the text ready that go out on a specific time, specific date. And then my, my, I do a Friday bullpen session at podcast. That's just me talking. I get that cranked out. Yep. A video. Yeah. So you try to crank it out all. And I, now that I know Mondays are coming throughout the week, when I get inspired with an idea, like you said, mm -hmm. I'll mark it. And I know that's what I'm going to work on come Monday morning. Okay. Nice. Maybe I should try that strategy because, um, it was a game changer yeah. for me, man. 
Yeah. I, I know everyone says you should schedule your content and everything else. Um, yeah, probably not a personality thing. Probably just a little bit disorganized on my behalf. Yeah. But hey, you get it out. So that's all that matters. But I think it's important that I want to go back to how I started that conversation. If you don't have anything to say that particular day, don't worry. Don't, don't say anything. It's okay. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, and where do you spark your ideas from? Um, is it coming? Obviously, it's coming back to the problems that people have yeah. for your target audience um, and then tying in your stories and everything else. Um, you know, so, yeah, really keen to hear this. I think it comes back to your brand story. Like if you'll, it's with my, my business, I, I kind of have, I have the baseball theme, right? Because of my story. Yep. So I often, if I'm going to do a video, I'll try to tie in something that happened to me in baseball and turn it into a teaching lesson about business. And cause again, that gives people the chance to resonate that. Oh, baseball. Cool. I like that. Yeah. Now it's a lesson that's teaching me something. And honestly, I can't take credit for most of this. Again, we talk about you, we all learn this stuff from somewhere else, right? One piece of advice I got about content, which was so impactful was creating different buckets of content. So you've got personal stories. Yep. You've got pure education value. Yep. You've got um, uh, credibility and authority. You know, were you recognized in a, in an article, were you given an award uh, case studies or testimonials and then calls to action. If you try to be consistent posting uh, across different buckets, but give, give, give a hell of a lot more than you ask, you will definitely create awareness. People will know you start liking you. And then when you make that call to action, and of course my dog's losing her stuff right now. Um, when you make that call yeah. to action, people are going to be more desirable to say, yes, I want to work with this guy, this woman. Mm, totally. Okay. So we had personal stories. We had case studies, authority and credibility. Um, what was the fourth one? Um, for, okay, pure education and value. Yep. Okay. And, cool. then, and then calls to action. And calls to action might be, um, hey, I've got this lead magnet. Hey, I've got this webinar. Hey, I've got a free sales strategy call. <laughs> I don't know. It could like be that. anything. Sign yeah. up for the webinar. I, I have a webinar and I apologize for my dog. It's just me and her right now. <laughs> can, can you hear her, by the way? Yeah, we can. It's all good. <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, Julian. Um, <laughs> webinars, let's jump on a call. That could be the call to action. Um, lead magnet, join my text community. Or, hey, I got this course coming out. Like I've got my mastermind out there right now for enrollment. Sign up for the mastermind. It could be a different calls to action. It's asking somebody to do something. Mm, yeah, totally. And like you said, um, it, all the stuff that comes before that are those three other categories, which are like give, 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 give. And then you can maybe ask that. Um, exactly. If you, if you give a lot more than you ask, the asking becomes a lot easier. Yeah, totally, dude. Um, cool. I have a quick question, uh, just to wrap up. Maybe, maybe yeah, you are, maybe you're not doing it. Are you touching LinkedIn? Do you have LinkedIn stories in the U S we do not yet? I don't believe, I think you guys are ahead of us. Oh, what? First time Australia's ahead with the tech. Are you plotting or planning to create awareness with stories? Oh yeah. I yeah. think for me, like Instagram stories, especially like I'm promoting a mastermind right now. Right. Yeah. Be able to use stories to be like, Hey, 
Julian just signed up for the mastermind. That's awesome. So awesome. Seats are filling up like stuff like that. Yeah. You can't really do on LinkedIn right now, but LinkedIn stories is going to make that so much easier. Yeah, dude, I'm going to tell you right now, people are doing LinkedIn stories so badly. Um, it's not their fault. It's it, but right now it's just um, extension of content, um, photos of them going for a run or some pasta uh, what else? Quotes. And there's not too many people showing behind the scenes or here's my process or here's um, what I'm doing with a client right now or something like that. So that's something I'm touching. I'm, I'm excited, man, to have yeah. it come to the States. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only problem is though, I, I think this is what I suspect is that because you have to update the app, not many people have it. And because you don't have ah. to update it, there's not many people viewing your stories. So yep. it's, it's, uh, it's slow to sort of see. Oh, what so works. if you don't have the app updated, you can't even see stories. No. Nah. And, it. and it's not mandatory to update the app. So got it. It'll be got a it. while before it's like, you have to update the app. Yeah. But that's it. I can't wait though, man. It's going to be good. Yeah, man. I'm very, very keen to see and hear your stories. <laughs> um, and it could go a lot of, a lot of different directions. Andy, thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, you bet, man. Is there any way you would like to um, promote or plug your stuff, your upcoming webinar we were just talking about? Um, I'd love for you to just chat about that. Yeah, man. Two things coming up. I've got the Complete Game Mastermind, which is a five-month virtual program. So now anybody around the world can join. Um, it's basically five months of coaching, community, and accountability around building your brand message, your brand, your brand message, and then sharing it, creating strategies to share it far and wide. So if that's something you think might be feasible to you, you're in yeah. a position, you've got to grow revenue. It's the perfect fit. And again, now that it's entirely virtual, we can have people from around the world. And then a business partner and I are doing a, a series of workshops uh, coming up here soon on leadership because leadership's being tested everywhere around the world right now. And a lot of the stuff that was in the business plan, the stuff that's happening now is not in the business plan. So trying to navigate those waters of elevating your leadership is extremely tough today. So we're doing those workshops as well. Yeah. Okay, cool. So I'm going to leave all those links in the description for the podcast. But otherwise, Andy, you know, thanks for coming on to Storytelling Secrets. You bet, man. This has been awesome. Cool. Yeah, so that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed my conversation today with Andy. Now, I'm going to leave all the links in the description below and especially if you're interested in joining uh, all those programs that he mentioned, you can find the information there. And of course, follow him on LinkedIn because he's got some, like I said, great content and uh, not just, you know, educational, educational. He really likes to tie in life experiences, tell stories in a way, especially like baseball and sport, then you're going to want to tune in and listen to him. Otherwise, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast from Storytelling Secrets. I'm your host, Jules, and I'm going to see you Monday for the solo show. See you then.